The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen, amen. I want you to, I want to turn to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. While you're turning there, just a moment again, let me, let me just uh, tell you just a little bit about what's going on with the Haggerty family. If you, if you weren't here this morning, you, you, you didn't hear some of this. If you were here, you'll get to hear it again. Uh, we've been in Flagstaff, Arizona now for a little over two years, and uh, we've been we're pastoring a church there, praying real hard, believing God to see a city saved. People see people's lives changed and transformed by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and we've just been seeing God do some great and fantastic and awesome things. And my, my wife preached this morning, and the report that she gave me uh, as, uh, as we were having lunch this afternoon, she sent me a text. I said, how did it go? And she said, she said it, it, was, it was a powerful service, and she said, I got everybody but about six people that were in the congregation. She said, I got everybody but about six to come down, uh, come down front to the altars for prayer time. And she said, I simply said, I'm the pastor's wife, and you want me to be encouraged, so I'm asking you to step out from where you are and come down front and pray. And they begin to pray, and, and Bo, our, our, our soon-to-be 18-year-old's our worship leader, and she was playing, uh, playing the keyboard, and uh, begin to Pastor Jan began to pray, and Bo would sing, and then they'd pray and sing, and prayed for, for America, and prayed for healing, and prayed for what the Holy Spirit led, and she just said it was just a, it was just a, a really powerful service, and, and I knew she would do a great job. My wife is anointed. My wife is a prayer warrior. My wife is an intercessor, and I, I, yes, she is a prophet, and I, I am blessed beyond measure uh, for the Lord to have uh, blessed me with her. I don't know, sometimes she's probably not so blessed with me, but I'm blessed uh, because the Lord has, has had us together now almost 30 years, and I'm so thankful, and she's probably saying, all right, stop talking and start preaching. So I think I will, I think I will get to that. Matthew uh, uh, chapter 9, beginning verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Did it say healing every disease and sickness? Yes, it did. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Another passage of scripture, you don't have to turn there, but Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Another passage in scripture says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit beyond measure. I'm here to tell you tonight, church, that God wants to heal his people. God wants to bring the provision of healing in every area of our life as his children. Amen? And one of the keys, in fact, I think the key, Pastor Barry, do you have, you know, some supernatural key? Do you have like four steps to receiving your miracle, your healing? No, I have one step, and it's called his presence. Minister Micah, thank you so much for the, for the songs that, that you were led by the Holy Spirit to, to lead us in. Because it's his presence. It's his presence. The reason Jesus was able to do what Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, 36, and 37, the reason he was able to do those things is because he spent time in the presence of his Father. That's what made him relevant to those 
that he was around. Well, wouldn't he be relevant because he was the Messiah? Absolutely. Wouldn't he be relevant because he was the Son of God? Absolutely. But what he showed us, the pattern he gave for us, the key he gave to us to unlock the Holy Spirit flowing and ministering through us, not only touching us, not only ministering and ministering healing to us, but the Holy Spirit using us to minister healing and deliverance to all those around us is the presence of God. I'm here to tell you, if Jesus saw the need to withdraw himself from the crowds and go early in the morning up into the mountains and pray and seek his Father's presence, because Scripture tells us that Jesus didn't do anything on his own. He only did what he saw the Father do. He didn't speak anything on his own. He only spoke what he heard his Father speak to him. If Jesus modeled and patterned that before us as what was key to being relevant, what was key to seeing miracles and signs and wonders, then we need to do the same thing. Sometimes we chase the miracle. Sometimes we go from place to place to place because we just, we're tired of being weighed down. We're tired of the sickness. We're tired of the disease. We're tired of the infirmity. We're tired of the, the pressure on our mind. Isaiah 53 is a great passage because it talks about Jesus. Prophetically, Isaiah was speaking prophetically about Jesus. And it says, Isaiah chapter 3, 53 verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and our sorrows. The Holy Spirit gave me revelation on that verse the other day. When it says, surely he has borne our griefs and our sorrows. What are people so weighed down about? Grief, sorrow, stress, pressure. Oh God, what's the future hold? Oh, 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 I've just got so much internal pressure. I've just got so much decision. There's just like this stuff going on inside me all the time, and it's got me so weighed down, and it's got me feeling so bad about life or bad about myself or bad about my circumstances. And yet Scripture says that he bore our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Why? So we could be healed of them. God wants to heal his people in every area of their life. God wants to heal our stress. God wants to heal our anxiety. God wants to heal our, our, our mental battles, the mental fatigue that so many of us face. God wants to heal our shame and our guilt. What does 1 John 1, 9 say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but it doesn't stop there. To forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, there's sometimes that we, we accept his forgiveness. We repent and we accept his forgiveness. And we know that he's forgiven us, but we can't forgive ourselves. We're like, God, you forgave me, but I, I just still feel really, really bad about that. I'm just carrying shame. I'm just carrying guilt because of what I've done. And he's saying, listen, I want to forgive you of your sins and I want to cleanse you from the effect I want to cleanse you I want to heal you from the shame I want to heal you from the the effect of your sins I want this to sink in tonight and all of the promises of God everything that God promises us in his word it comes to pass it comes alive in us uh, it, we, we see it activated as we seek his presence the Bible says we have not because we ask not. Or we ask amiss. We ask for the wrong reasons. I'm not here to tell you, listen, don't ever ask God for a miracle. Don't ever ask God to heal you. Ask God to heal you. Claim your healing. Claim your victory. But the way that we activate and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives is in his presence. Spending time with him. Seeking him. Seeking him daily. We seek the Lord when there's issues, when there's problems going on. We seek the Lord when, when somebody is, has done us wrong and we want to go and complain to God. And you know, God's big enough to handle our complaints. But that doesn't mean he always likes us to complain. 
but he's big enough to handle them. But we go to God and we complain because, because things are going wrong and we're weighed down with stress or grief or, or we're st we still feel bad about something or, or, or we, we've got weaknesses in our body in the area of our sinful nature. You know, it's interesting, Isaiah 53 says he was, he was wounded for our transgressions. Do you know what transgressions are? Transgression can be translated to open rebellion. Okay, when, when, you, when the speed limit is 55 and you say, I don't care whether it's 55 or not, I got this little device on my dash that's going to tell me when the boys in blue are, are, are pointing the gun, so I'm going to go as fast as I want to, that's open rebellion. Oh, I can tell y'all like that. I can tell y'all are, are, are with me now. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded he was beaten. He suffered what he suffered so that our open rebellion could be healed. We could be delivered from it. We could be forgiven of it. And it says he was bruised for our iniquities. See, transgression is open rebellion. Iniquities is that internal thing. I don't think it was, I don't think it was a mistake that Isaiah used the words he was bruised. You can get an injury to an area of your body, and it hurts, and you can't see anything on the outside because the bruise hasn't come to the surface yet. But the hurt is still there. That, that stuff is still underneath the surface. That's our sinful nature. That's our areas of weakness that the enemy knows how to come after us and attack us and work through those areas to tempt us, to give up, and to turn away from God's presence. To say, I'm, I've still got that. I'm, I'm bruised because of, of the sinful nature that is in this world. And I'm so bruised that I don't deserve to be in God's presence. And we miss out on the very thing, the very source of how we can have healing for every part of our life activated. And that's his presence. You know, we, we talk a lot in, in Pentecostal churches and Pentecostal movements and in Pentecostal circles, whatever term you want to use, we, we talk a lot about the anointing. Oh, we need the anointing. And Isaiah says it, that, the, that, that the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. That Jesus was anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit beyond measure. That, that the anointing comes. Well, you know what? I don't even believe we're supposed to seek the anointing. I believe we're supposed to seek his presence. Because it's out of his presence that the anointing flows. Because it's kind of like what I said this morning when I was talking about Isaiah and Isaiah's call. When we seek his presence, when we get our eyes off our circumstances, when we get our eyes off our situation, and we begin to look for the Lord and seek the Lord and see the Lord high and lifted up, and we're in his presence, it's in his presence that he begins to deal with us and heal us and heal our iniquities and heal our transgressions and forgive us of our sins. And that's how the anointing begins to flow. It's interesting that it says that Jesus in Matthew 9, 35, went, he went about teaching and preaching and healing every sickness and disease. And then it says over in Acts that God has anointed Jesus. God was with him and anointed Jesus, and he went about doing good, preaching, and, and doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the enemy, of the devil. And the way I tie all this together, the way the Holy Spirit showed me, is it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the power and the presence of God manifest in our lives through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2, very familiar to probably many of you, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Come on, Lord. Come on, Holy Spirit. Blow across this place. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed, verse 7 says. They were completely amazed. I love that. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, and it goes on the list, a whole bunch of different regions and, and areas of the world at that time. And it says, and we hear these people speaking in, all, in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. 
They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you. Follow G uh, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, he is the one that is the key to receiving everything that God has for us. He is the one, he is the key to receiving all of God's promises. He is the one, he is the key, being in his presence, allowing the presence of God to flow through your life, being a vessel that which God fills up with the Holy Spirit and then fills you again to overflowing. That's the key to receiving the miracles of God, the power of God, the signs of God, the wonders of God. Jesus went about doing all that he did because he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. It says that this same Spirit, Paul says, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will cause us to become alive. It will cause us to be quickened in our lives. The same Spirit. What are you trying to say, Pastor Barry? I'm trying to say we need the power and presence and person of the Holy Spirit working active daily in our lives. And if we begin to do that, if we begin to allow Him, if we begin to say, God, fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up with your presence. Fill me up with your spirit. Fill me up to overflowing. We'll begin to see signs and wonders and miracles. We'll begin to do the works of Jesus. Jesus went about preaching and teaching and healing. That was his ministry. He went about preaching and teaching the kingdom of God and healing. And Jesus said, greater works than I have done, you will do. How? Because we learn formulas? How? Because we go to Bible college and we get a Bible college education? Because we get, a, we get uh, ordained as ministers? No. It's by the same way that he did it. The power and person and work of the Holy Spirit. We need the presence of God. We need to seek his presence. We need to seek his presence. And in his presence, there's righteousness, there's Holiness, there's uh, joy and peace. There are pleasures forevermore. It's in his presence. Miracles will flow into your life and to my life. Power will flow into your life and my life because of the person and power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to give the Holy Spirit opportunity to work in our lives. We need to yield ourselves to the Spirit. The Bible tells us not to quench not the Spirit. What does that mean? It means that we can tell him no. And when we tell him no, he says okay. Now, he loves us enough to come back. He doesn't take no for an answer one time. We say no, and he says okay, I'll, I'll back off now. But he comes back around because he loves us, because he's trying to draw us into himself. He's trying to draw us into the presence of God. He's trying to cause us to seek him. He's trying to cause us to yield ourselves to him. Paul talks about it. He says we need to be led by the Spirit. And if we're led by the Spirit, we won't fulfill the desires, the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. We won't fulfill the, 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 we won't follow and have the mind of the flesh if we're led by the Spirit. Well, the only way to be led by the Spirit is to yield to Him and say, Holy Spirit, guide me. 
You know, we, we read the miracles in Scripture. We read of all that God did. We read of all the deliverances. We read of all the miraculous times that, that Jesus touched people's lives and healed them. I mean, if you back up uh, in Matthew chapter 9, if you back up in 9 and, and 8 and 7, you see the miracles that Jesus did, how he healed people, how people came and, and the woman came with the issue, well, that, that had the, the issue of blood and she pushed her way through the crowd and she reached up and grabbed the hem of his garment. Because she thought to herself, if I can just touch, just touch the hem of his garment, I'll get healed. She came expecting. And Scripture says that Jesus felt the power of the Holy Spirit go out from him and heal her. And then the, the, the story of the centurion who says, I've got a servant who's sick. And Jesus said, I'll come. And he said, he said no, I'm a man of authority. You're a man of authority. I understand how authority works. All you got to do is speak the word. If you speak the word, then my servant will be healed. And Jesus was marveled at the, that man's faith. And he spoke the word and says, it is as your faith has declared. And at that very instant, his servant was healed. He healed the, the, those that were blind. He healed those that were mute, that couldn't speak. He raised the dead. He did all the miracles that he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you tonight, nothing will be different for you and I. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life that will release, that will open up every promise of God as we seek his presence. Seeking his presence simply says, <laughs> like scripture says, in him we live and move and have our being. He is the reason we exist. Nothing else compares to him, so therefore I will not let anything else come in between me and him. I've been, begin I've been seeing that prophecy from Joel that Peter quoted. I've been seeing that begin to happen even in my own life. It's been several months now, but I had a dream, and it troubled me, and when I woke up, it was, it was just very real and very just tangible, the effects of that dream. I want to share that dream with you to illustrate what I'm talking about. In my dream, I was faced with the task of cleaning out this, this room, and this room was just full of of garbage and junk and and debris and dirt and grime and and the tool that I had to clean out this room was a shop vac and it was a really big I mean it was a turbo double turbo super high powered big shop vac and I'm using it, and I'm trying to clean this stuff up, and it's not working real well. It's, it's not doing its job. It's not, you know, doing what a shop vac does, vacuuming, sucking up this stuff. In my dream, this is very real and very vivid, so I, I begin to examine the shop vac to try to find out what's wrong. And this particular shop vac had lots of hose attachments. So I start at the end, and I start taking the attachments apart. And after a couple of attachments of the hoses being taken apart, I realize there's something blocking the hose. And I reach in, and I pull out the obstruction, and to my surprise in my dream, it's an olive branch. Now, in Scripture, in history, even in terms we may not use as much as we used to, olive branches symbolize a peace offering. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, you're having an argument, you're having a, um, a, you know, a quarrel or a fight or a disagreement and it's getting really ugly and somebody finally says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bake a plate of cookies and take it to the person I'm having this argument with and it's going to be the olive branch. I'm going to present that to them as a peace offering. Let's just, let's just stop arguing. Let's just stop fighting. Let's just, let's just let everything be okay between us. And I thought, an olive branch that is so strange and in my dream I said Lord what what is this why is there an olive branch and the Holy Spirit said Barry you have offered an olive branch to the enemy in certain areas of your life you are choosing to not contend with him in certain areas of your life you just soon there just be a peace treaty between you and the enemy 
in certain areas of your life because you're tired of the fighting, you're tired of contending for it, and you just would just just would rather prefer that that you know you won't mess with him and he won't mess with you in certain areas, and you've offered that olive branch, and then the and then the Holy Spirit began to unfold the purpose of the dream. The shop vac wasn't working because of an obstruction. The power of the shop vac to get rid of the junk, to get rid of the garbage, to get to clean up that room, to clean up that area. The power of that shop vac was being obstructed because of a peace offering that I had made with the enemy. And the Holy Spirit is saying, the reason you're not seeing the power of the Holy Spirit, that my power flow through your life in certain areas is because you've offered a peace offering to the enemy and that's obstructing my ability to flow through you, my ability to clean things up my ability to do my job and then I woke up and I was troubled and I shared with my wife this the, the dream but he, before I did that I repented I, I repented right then and there I said oh God please forgive me oh God how can I have offered a peace offering and I knew the areas that the Holy Spirit was telling me it just took this very vivid dream to wake me up to what I was doing and why I wasn't seeing God do some things in my life, why I wasn't seeing the power of God flow and do the job that the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life and through me. Because see, not only does a shop vac suck up stuff and get rid of stuff and clean up stuff, but you can turn the shop vac, you can flip a switch and it goes from sucking up the stuff to being a powerful blast of air that can clear an area, a powerful blast of air that can come in just like like it says in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, a mighty rushing wind that wants to blow through the place. And we can, we can weaken and we can hinder the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives by offering peace offerings or other things in our lives that serve as obstructions to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and in my life. We need the Holy Spirit. We need there to be a clear passage we need to be vessels that are clean and open before him that he can flow into us and flow out of us. We need the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you tonight. I'm here to encourage you tonight. I'm here to give you a message tonight, and that message is this. Yield yourself to the Spirit. Yield yourself to the moving of the Spirit. Seek his presence like never before. Don't let anything keep you from the presence of God. Don't let anything hinder the presence of God in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to shine his light in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and show you areas of your life beginning now. I'm not talking about next week. I'm not talking about two months from now when you get around to it. I'm saying right here, right now, tonight, 7:17 on Sunday night, begin to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in your life. Life, begin by seeking his presence and saying Holy Spirit is anything hindering your flow in my life is anything hindering your moving and your working in my life if it is reveal it to me so I can repent and so there can be an open channel through which the healing power of the Holy Spirit can flow through which the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit can flow through us healing us and being used by God to bring healing and deliverance to others. See, in that passage in Isaiah 53 where it says that he has borne our griefs and our sorrows, there's a lot of times that we, we take a chance and we say, God, I'm going to trust you in that. Because Jesus said, when he was here, he said in the Gospels, he said, cast your cares upon me. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why was he able to say that? He was able to say that because he, he, was, he knew he was going to fulfill what Isaiah 53 said, that he had borne our sorrows and our griefs. And so we, we dare to believe Jesus in that, and we, we dare to do what he says, which is cast our cares. And I know this is a poor example or poor symbol of our cares because for many people the cares that you're carrying the burdens that you're under the things that you're dealing with are a lot more heavy 
than a box of Kleenexes. But Jesus said, cast our cares upon him. So we do that. We come to an altar. We go to our prayer closet. We bow our knee at home or, or beside our bed or driving down the road. We pull over, overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's talking to us. And we say, God, I give it to you. And we lay it down at his feet. And when we lay our cares down at his feet, when we cast our cares at his feet, he promises us that what we receive from him, his burden, his yoke will be easy and it'll be light. It'll be something that, that won't be pressure anymore. It won't be grief. It won't be sorrow. It's a great exchange. He turns our mourning into dancing. He turns our weeping into joy and laughter when we learn to lay it down. And we do that. And maybe it's a day. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's six months. Man, we're, we're walking under his burden and under his yoke. But something happens. We're not spending as much time with him. Our, 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 we get distracted. Our, our, we, we start to get pulled in, in a different direction. And before long, we don't even realize it sometimes, we've gone back. And what we laid at his feet, what we cast at his feet, so that he could carry it, and in turn, he would give us joy and peace and the power of the Holy Spirit, we've picked back up. And you know, we get used to it. We're not real sure we're supposed to have it, but we get used to it. It becomes a part of our life. We begin to just deal with it. And before long, we've added to it because we're starting to just get used to it. And then before long, we've added to it. Oh, here we go. Thank you, brother. And we keep adding to it. And we keep adding to it. Because suddenly, what was a care, what was a burden, what was something that was keeping us from God's presence, because we laid it down, but we went back and picked it back up, and we're not supposed to. It, it, we get used to it. If somebody were to ask us, are you really supposed to have that? We'd say, no. No. And the Holy Spirit comes and knocks on our heart's door and says, are you supposed to be carrying that? And we're, what? <laughs> carrying what? What? Because we get so used to it. I'm here to tell you tonight, the person and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit has come and he's here tonight and he's, he's ushered in by our worship and our praise when we're seeking him and seeking his presence and he's come, whoa, about fell. He's come so that we can go back to the altar of repentance. We can go back to that place of our first love and we can lay it down and we can commit, Lord, with your help, I'm never going back to that. I'm not gonna pick that up again. I'm not gonna carry that again. I'm not gonna drag that stuff around anymore because it's not for me it's not why you died on the cross you didn't carry my you were you didn't bear my sorrows and my griefs you weren't bruised for my iniquities you weren't wounded for my transgressions so I could pick them back up and carry them around you were wounded and bruised and you bore and you carried it all and it was nailed to the cross and by your stripes I am healed so I can walk around free. I can walk around with no weights of this world carrying me, pulling me down, dragging me down. That's why the writer of Hebrews said we need to lay aside. Sorry about the boxes of Kleenex, Pastor Karen. We need to lay aside every weight that so easily besets us. Why? So we can run this race with endurance. We can do what the Lord's told us to do. We can get up and run. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Michael, would you come back to the keyboard? Do you want that in your life? Are you tired of carrying around burdens? Are you tired of carrying around sickness that isn't yours? Disease that isn't supposed to be on you? Problems and issues, mental, mental issues, emotional issues, relationship issues. Because see, there's one thing I know about Jesus. He doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't do anything just partially. 
when the word of God says we are healed we are made whole we are redeemed it's completely every aspect of our life every area of our life I don't have three steps to receiving your healing I don't have four steps to obtaining your miracle and I'm not making fun of people that have said it's these three steps I'm simply saying that's not how the Lord showed it to me the Lord showed it to me this way if we will seek him with all our heart if we will cast all our cares on him if we will make his presence the most important thing then he will have the ability in our lives to do what he's promised he will do I'm going to give the mic back to Pastor Karen for a second. I'm going to get a drink of water. Something about his presence. I know the Holy Spirit will speak to you. So when Pastor Karen's done, I'm going to come back, and we're going to worship God, and we're going to seek his presence, and we're going to see God do some miraculous things in your life tonight. All right. Ushers, would you come? We're going to take a moment to sow into the ministry of Pastor Barry. Pastor Jan, God bless you guys. I know you're online tonight. And Pat, may I have an envelope also, please? Just go ahead and take a moment to prepare. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for the Haggerty's, Lord. Thank you for our dear friends. Lord, I just pray that you would bless them. Bless them, God. Lord, abundantly above all that they could ask or imagine. God, we just agree with all that you've placed in their hearts. All that you've placed in their hearts, all that they're contending for, God. We, we stand and we agree right now and we thank you that even as we're sowing seed into that we get a harvest from the great things that you're going to do through the Haggerty's in in Flagstaff Arizona we just bless them now we bless them and we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus name amen
across this place. Don't miss what God has for you tonight. Stand and lift your hands. Stand and begin to worship Him. You are worshiping the Lord and seeking His presence. I want to give you one more of what we preachers like to call proof text. In other words, proves what we're trying to say. The Word of God proves itself. But Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Sounds like He wants to bring some healing and deliverance. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Because you dwell in his presence you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near you because you dwell in his presence You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord, <laughs> who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all their ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's why I'm convinced the secret to receiving, the secret to living, the secret to walking under the provision and the protection and the miraculous power and signs and wonders of God is His presence is because it doesn't get any plainer than what I just read to you. Tonight there's lots of folks here and maybe every one of you needs something from the Lord. Can I tell you that I'm it's just a fault of mine as a pastor. I have a real hard time just saying a real quick prayer when I lay hands on people. So that means there's that if I start, whoever I start with, they get, they get prayed for, but there's maybe a whole bunch of folks on this side that are waiting, and now I'm just getting caught up. I'm just getting caught up in his presence. I'm just getting caught up in what the Holy Spirit's saying. And it's, you know, I get encouragement. Pastor Daniel's one of my accountability people. He, I offered myself to him to be accountable, and he can speak in my life. And he's told me, you got to go faster. People are going to, people are going to get, get distracted while they're waiting on you. So I say that to say this. I'm going to do my best to pray for everybody that wants to be prayed for. But if I don't make it to you, that's all right, because he's here. If you seek him, if you seek his presence, if you come down to these altars and you say, God, I'm coming to dwell in your presence, then every one of those promises that I just read to you will be made available and will begin to be manifest and poured out upon you. I'm going to do my best. Pastor Karen, if you want to help, please feel free. But if you're here tonight and you need something from God, can I tell you it's found in his presence? Scott, you can help us too. Minister Vicki, you can help us too. 
If you need something tonight from God, it's found in his presence. So I'm releasing you to step out from where you are. Why do I got to step out? You don't, but it's just putting feet to your faith. Step out from where you are. Come find a place across the front. Begin to seek him as Minister Micah leads us, as the worship team leads us. Begin to pour out your heart before him. Begin to lift your hands and just say, Lord, here I am to dwell in your presence. And in just a little bit, I'm going to come by and pray for you. Others are going to come by and pray for you. And you just receive what the Lord does, what he says, what he does and manifests in your life. Come on. Whom shall I fear? Come on, worship him. Whom shall I fear? Come on, worship him. The Lord is my light and salvation. God, whom shall I
hope on your love. We set our hope on the one who is the everlasting God. You are the everlasting God. We set our hope on you. We set our hope on your
Come on, give the Lord a, a, a shout, a clap, a dance, something. Mm, Jesus. Holy Spirit. One of the things that you do, Holy Spirit, is you are a, a sealer. You seal in our hearts the promises of God that have been sown into our hearts. You seal the word to protect it. I pray a, a prayer over this house and all that are associated with this house. A prayer of protection by the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. As the people of this house seek your face, God, seek to dwell in your presence, Holy Spirit, you are going to rush in. You are going to surround them. You are going to protect them. You are going to seal them from the onslaught of the enemy. This word that was spoken tonight, what you spoke to their spirits, what you planted in their hearts tonight, Holy Spirit, you're going to seal it so the enemy can't come in and rob it. You're going to seal it against doubt. You're going to seal it against mistrust. And you will accomplish your word. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We're not shutting down the place. You stay in his presence. You seek him. You stay front to back, side to side, left to right. You stay right where you need to stay for as long as you want to stay. God doesn't mind. But I want to leave you with this. Scripture is clear that we have to contend for our faith. And I want to give you one last word of encouragement. It's not original, but boy, it sure is powerful. The enemy is not messing with you. He is not bringing things into your life to get you off track because you are weak because you are worthless and because you are insignificant he is coming against you because you are mighty through God because you are powerful and he is afraid of you and the Holy Spirit in you so when you feel the pressure coming be encouraged it's because you're on the right track be encouraged because you are dwelling in his presence and he is doing everything he can to pull you out of the presence of Almighty God. God is doing some deep things in the hearts and lives of people in this church. I'm going to quote Pastor Daniel and then I'm going to give the mic back to Pastor Karen. She can dismiss us or, or you can just be dismissed. However, hold on to your promise don't ever give up amen God bless you awesome well let's take hands with one another as we close tonight Lord we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do even as we leave this place tonight oh God Bless your people. Oh God, cause your face to shine upon them. 
lift up your countenance towards them and be gracious to them and keep them and give them peace. And show yourself to them. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can feel free to seek the Lord in the altar. Make yourself at home. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.